Welcome to this week's episode of the When I Feel Compelled podcast. It's your boy Scoop. We have a very, very special guest this week. Uh, I got a chance to interview one of my really good friends, like a little brother to me, uh, all-time leading scorer in the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, um, McDonald's All-American, Georgetown Hoya, professional basketball player, and fellow St. John's cadet, Chris Wright. We'll be right back. We got to pay some bills. Stay tuned. There's a new refreshing drink that is sweeping the nation. Man, with all this time on our hands due to COVID-19, sometimes you just want to kick back and relax with a nice cold one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been right under your nose the whole time. It's Lysol. Yep, you guessed it. If you listen to President Trump, this will not only cure any symptoms of COVID-19, but if you drink it, it will also give you a nice long rest because you'll obviously be dead. But hey, President Trump said it, so it must be A-OK. Thanks, Lysol. Welcome back, everybody. It's your boy, Scoop. I have a very, very special guest. I've been continuing the conversation, talking about D.C. basketball. I had to bring, bring one of the, the, the best that I know, one of the best uh, in our history, my, my dear friend, uh, Chris Wright. How you doing, Scoop, what's good, brother? How you doing, man? Mm- I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I was uh I interviewed somebody before my boy Fred Stanback, um, class of class of 04 from O'Connell, and trying to get as many people from different age ages to kind of talk about um a topic we've been it's been coming up more because somebody on Twitter was talking about what qualifies a DC and PG County legend. Um your name was brought up. Um and it was weird because it's like you're from Bowie. Right. You know what I'm saying? And no matter where you went to high school, I was on the side of it don't matter if you're from the area, you're from you're from PG and you kill it, no matter where you go to high school. What what do you think what do you think about that as far as uh what qualifies a DC or PG legend in your uh, mind? that that question <laughs> I saw that question on Twitter and I and it really struck me and I didn't I never even thought thought about to qualify myself as not somebody from pg county or somebody that's not from dg dc that's the first thing that came to my mind and why i say that is because i split a lot of time in both city in both places i was Mm -hmm. in pg county from the time i was born until you know high school and then from high school Mm -hmm. to now i've been in dc high school Mm -hmm. and college and then i i lived here me and my wife we're both you know she's from here so it's like everything is so I grew up playing in D.C. I grew up playing in P.G. County. I think it's very hard to say, especially because this, this area is so small, that you're one and not the other. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're playing everywhere right. in this in, in this community. So, so for me, right. I, I didn't agree right. with it. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, it's, it makes good conversation, I guess. It, it, it does. I think the best part about it is the conversation I've had uh, since then. This being one of them. Um, other conversation I've had and, and people starting to factor in, okay, what was this? How, who was good back then? Um, you know, trying to qualify that. And I think it's, it's brought up a lot of memories. Um, I've definitely been down memory lane. So with that being said for you, um, when did you start playing basketball? Uh, I don't know. I started playing basketball in like five or six, but like organized and stuff and really competing. Um, more eight. Eight years old, I started competing. My okay. first real team, I played with Slam and Jam back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I played up. I played with Corey Allman and a couple other guys. And, yeah, that was my first team. I was, like, eight years old. Then I played with Jabo Kenner. Uh, mm-hmm. And then from there, I played for Maryland Rising Stars, my father's team. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's how I started. Who was on your team? I remember when you were when you were about eight, I was trying to do the right. math. When y'all had practice up St. John's when I first met you, I think you were in fourth, fifth grade. Okay, right. I think when OJ when OJ started, uh, for people listening, don't know his older brother. Uh, when we went to high school together, started out of St. John's, and he came in in '99. So I think that year y'all had practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I and I was you were in what grade? I'm trying so, to think. In '99, I was nine. I was ten years old. I was going on ten. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, so I was going on 10 years old. And actually, that team that was training and that was working out, we actually won a national championship that year. That was our 10 and other team that won a national championship. And who was on that team with you? It was uh, me, um, LJ Hose, who ended up playing professional baseball, Kenny, Kenny Tate, mm-hmm. who ended up being an All American football player and uh, at Maryland. And, you know, he won like seven titles at the math and football and basketball. Um, mm-hmm. We had Markel Starks, who played with me at Georgetown. Uh, mm-hmm. We had um, we had a bunch of other, Malik Wali, a lot of guys that were just, you know, my teammate Aaron Richardson, uh, BJ Blake. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Kevin Ford. We just had a good group of guys, good group of kids, and that, that bought into, you know, to the system that my, you know, the coaches were preaching at a young age, and we got mm-hmm. it. We got it early, <laughs> and we won. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Y'all had a run when your middle school career. Yeah. I mean, obviously, people might know your high school and college, but in middle school, I kept looking up. It was like Lumpy's in the championship again. Yeah. Like you know, y'all squad yeah. was was nice. You won ten right. and under. How'd you do eleven through thirteen? 11, y'all y'all were ten through uh-huh. thirteen. We did not lose a game in the area. We lost two. No, we, we lost two yeah. games in the area in in those years. We lost two games. One was the to um, Team Maryland or something like that, but but not Team mm-hmm. Maryland with Kendall Marshall. They were young below us. It was an, it was my age. That was okay. Darnell Dotson and and guys of mm-hmm. that. Um, but other than that, we ain't really lose. We lost like two games in the area. We won regionals every year. We never lost regionals. We won gold medal every year. And uh, yeah, that's just how it was. We just, every tournament we were in, we were winning. <laughs> For like three, yeah. four years straight, was, it was it was unbelievable. We'd be down, we're down nine points with a minute and ten seconds left. We come back and win, you know. Like mm. at a very young age, it was really, really surprising. It was really unique. How do you think that that, that helped with your development? Did it, it it made you you know more confident, or um, did you become more susceptible to coaching? How did that 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 experience at an early age impact you moving forward? Uh, well, to back up on that, like. For me, mm-hmm. um, my impact on the game and my impact on just life in general came from my brother, my mother, and my father. My father was my coach. Mm-hmm. My brother was who I wanted to be like. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to do everything he did. So just by seeing what he went through as a as an athlete on the football field, on the basketball court, it was just it was just more information that gave me confidence for when it was my turn. And just competing against him every day him you know kicking my ass every day in the, in the driveway you know stuff like that it builds up confidence by the time I got to my age and by the time I felt you know I played against people my age I was very confident I, I didn't I wasn't you know wasn't worried about anything I was ready to play 
Uh, shout out to OJ, Definitely. man, and and, and, yeah, and the man. rights. You know, I I love your parents, especially especially pops. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, my man. That's my man. OJ OJ was so was so man. He was so proud. He, I mean, he still is obviously, but he was when you were young. He was like, man, Lumpy's so good. And I was like, let me check this kid out. And lo and behold, you you know, I, I and it's funny. We mentioned this before. We're gonna talk about it, but I, I I didn't see you playing high school. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? It was it was like an honor. See, what people don't know is that. When you came out with rankings, that kind of solidified where people was at for a time period. That was major key. That was a major player. Like around that was around early two thousand, yeah, like two thousand, two thousand one, when yeah. you were in high school and you were doing the rankings, man. I remember everybody that's all everybody talked about. I remember people like, Hold up, man, let me call Scoop up. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta rank me high. I don't I remember people talking like that. That's what's funny about it. So I remember when when I re- I was coming, I was like, "Damn, I need to get on the rankings." But by that time, it was a different era; things were moving differently and things yeah. like that. But that was that was like a yeah. step of approval for a minute. Good oh man, I I I I appreciate that. That's funny. You know, when you when you're younger, you don't think about certain things in that context. But I did have a lot of crazy lunch conversations right? at the same time <laughs> from all the ball players. Like, man, this dude ain't yeah. that good, or why you got him yeah. and. You know, yeah, you gotta see people every day. You had those conversations, um, and that was one thing I was I was mad because right. I was in college when you when you when you started at, at St. John's in '03. Right. I was in college, and then um, I came back. And, and your senior year is when I came back home, but I tried to go to one game, and it was the St. John's the Matha game nah. at St. John's, and I got there for the freshman game, and it was already sold it, out. This game. We stood at the door for like an hour. The JV, it was like, you gotta be kidding me, man! That was the only time it was, and that was the only time I could make because I ended up moving to uh, back to Atlanta, right, January right. of '07. So you know what it was? You know what? That was my junior year. We come, we, you came to the game because my senior year, we didn't play the math at St. John's. We played at a uh, neutral site. Oh, then yeah, yeah then it must have been. Yeah, it must have been that your game. That was the last game that we played, and it was sold. Out. I remember people telling me about that. That the math game, my dream, my dream. I think you know what you you you, you your it was your junior year right. it was around Christmas right. break, and that's why I was home. That's what it was. I was home for Christmas break my right. my last year of college, and me and my best friend came up there, and it was sold out. They were smart to yeah. have it in a different in a different um venue. So why was so coming out of eighth grade, winning these championships? You you were you were highly recruited for from middle school from from middle school to high school. Um, and you went to yeah, you went to Bishop Tasker, correct? I went to Riverdale for a year, and then I went to Bishop yeah. Tasker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so, what made you choose St. John's? Well, obviously, I knew about St. John's because of you and OJ. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was riding, and I knew about mm-hmm. it. Um, I knew about the type of school it was and what it had to offer, you know, because I, I had been taking that ride for a time period. And then, um, at mm-hmm. the time, it just was a very good option. Obviously, McNamara was a strong consideration. And McNamara, at the time... Um, the year before, the head coach was Kevin Sutton, and Kevin, yeah, right? And Kevin, my Sutton, man, yeah, my yep. man. Like I knew Kevin Sutton since Montrose when he was over at Montrose. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I used to go up there and yep. work out with them at the Montrose, the six a.m. workouts and all that stuff that you know Coach Sutton is known for. I used to do that with him, so he was mm-hmm. recruiting me. But then when he when it came to my freshman year, he left and went to Mount Verde in uh, Florida. So yep. that kind of threw a monkey wrench in that because I was excited because I wanted to play with Ty. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to, I wanted to play with Ty. Mm-hmm. Adrian Bowie was going there. 
at the time. Um, so we mm-hmm. had, a, you know, we had a nice little nucleus, you know. Um, but once Coach Sutton didn't go there, I just didn't like the, you know, I wasn't really high on it as much anymore. And St. John's was really high on me. I never really wanted to go to Gonzaga DeMatha because it was all boys school. I just wasn't, to keep it real, I just wasn't mm-hmm. into that at the time. So, you know. What's funny, when when I found out you were going to St. John's, I was surprised just because I didn't know when OJ left, I didn't know if that was like it was over for you. I mean, you it, know wasn't what I mean? On, it wasn't on um, it wasn't from afar, from afar. About, but then Nolan went there, mm-hmm. you know, and so when right. Nolan went there, and it was a strong DC assault presence there because it was Dante, Dwayne, Dante Cunningham, Dwayne Anderson. Mm-hmm. Then we had, you know, Nolan was on the way there. Co- uh, David Cox was still there, mm-hmm. you know, so it was mm-hmm. everything kind of at that time lined up. I was playing with assault, you know, so that's how it worked out. That's how you number St. John's. Y'all freshman year, that that team, um, man, people talk about that team a lot, just the amount of talent y'all had, but y'all were young. Like, at least you, you and Nolan were, were young, and then um, it kind of like everybody left except yeah, you, like- the year after. Because, because you know, Dwayne graduated. Dante transferred to Potomac, which was weird because he, tra- he transferred, right. like, during the school year. And then Nolan transferred to Riverdale. I think he went to Riverdale next. Well, um, But comparing, like, your freshman year, what was it like playing with those guys? I mean, it was exciting, man. When I finally – so when I went to St. John's, you know, I knew we had a good team to come back and compete the following year because that's what I was all about. I wasn't worried about playing varsity basketball because I've been playing 17 and under. You know what I'm saying? I've been playing 17 and under AU mm-hmm. against top talent. So I was like, if I could do that, right. I'll be all right. I know it's the WCAC, but, you know, I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I kind of mm-hmm. looked at it. And um, so when I went to St. John's and Summer League, you know, the coach was like, look, we're not going to promise that you're going to start. But, you know, you have an opportunity to start. You just got to earn it. And the first game, the first uh, preseason game up a high point, I mean, first summer league game up a high point, I came off the bench. I subbed into the game. And I had, like, 18 points or something like that, something crazy. And I started ever since that game. Ever since that first first preseason, I mean, summer league game, I started ever since then. So, I was excited. I remember being excited because I always wanted to play with Dwayne Anderson because I was playing 17 and sub but not getting a lot of time. So I used to watch Dwayne. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I was excited to play mm-hmm. with Dwayne. Me and Nolan already had good chemistry playing 16s, you know, and, and Dante was a crazy mm-hmm. athlete. And then we had Jason Wills, who was really good. You don't remember Jason Wills. Then we had mm-hmm. um, Jordan Armstrong that went to Eastern Carolina. Jordan, Jordan was nice. Mm-hmm. He went to Eastern Carolina. It was big time. He was a nice point guard. We had Jay Bluford, who's actually the starting quarterback. He was real nice. So we had a mm-hmm. great, you know, nucleus of players. You know what I'm saying? And then obviously, you know, Coach Al was still alive, rest in peace. Uh, then you had Coach D, Coach mm-hmm. Murphy, Coach. F- and so it was, it was a great kind of um, atmosphere when I got there, and it felt comfortable because I already, like you said, okay. you knew me from practicing up at St. John's. I had already been, so I was, yeah, I was you real comfortable. comfortable. So it was just it was a very kind of easy transition. So when when everybody, how were you feeling when 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 you came back your sophomore year and 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 everybody had left, you know? What, what was your what was going through your mind when 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 all that Funny changed? Funny story about that, and I ain't never told <laughs> I ain't never told nobody this. So this is breaking news. But nah, so we was at um at St. John's. I knew Nolan was leaving, 
I knew he wanted to leave, and that was cool. I, you know, I kind of dealt with it. Um, I didn't want him to leave because that was my man, but you know, it is what it is. And then, right. um, but we, what's coming in was Sean Hawkins was going to play varsity, so I was excited about that. Sean was a big, highly recruited mm-hmm. eighth grader too. He was like six five as an eighth grader. Sean was like that. You know what I'm saying? He's the truth. Um, so mm-hmm. I was excited about him coming to play varsity, and we still had Dante coming back. So we knew we were going to lose Dwayne, mm-hmm. and we knew we was going to lose Jason Wills, and we knew we was going to lose Jordan Armstrong. You know what I'm saying? They were all seniors. Mm-hmm. But it was going to be me, Nolan, Dante, Big Sean, you know, and whoever else could fit in. We would have had a squad. So I was excited, for real. So when Nolan left, I was like, it's cool. Sean, we had – um actually, when after it all settled down, everything – I was actually kind of excited. And Dante, so what happened was Dante mm-hmm. told me that he was leaving. When everybody was leaving, we were sitting at the lunch table in the back of the lunchroom. And I was like, dang, bro, everybody leaving on us. You know what I'm saying? And he was sitting on the window, so I'll never forget this. He was sitting on the window, saying, he looked at me and was like, I'm leaving too. I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> he was like, damn. He was like, damn. I'm like, real? He was like, yeah, I'm leaving like tomorrow. And he was gone. And that was that. So that's how I found out that he was leaving the school. You know wow. what I'm saying? So that's how I found it. I was in so in my sophomore year. Um, so by that happening, yep. you know, then the school the season all starts to like November anyway. So the season started, and right. I was excited, man, because it, I knew I was going. To, I was ready for it, and I and I was just I knew we weren't going to fail, and I was excited to prove it. You know what I'm saying? I just I was excited. I was always hungry. I was always hungry for that, for more. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happened. And I just started breaking it down. Yeah. I was like, all right, shoot. We don't got no scoring. I need to average 20 points. I got to get five points a quarter. You know what I'm saying? That's how I started breaking it down. And that and that's how I matriculated. And oh, I was wow. like, all right, boom. That's a three and that's a that's an and one. Or that's a late deal. You can get, you know. And you do that every quarter. Mm. Halftime, you might end up, you know, you get a little high. You might have 17 just by playing the game the right way. You know, so that's how I started right. to build on it, and that's what scores did. Then getting to the free throw line, scoring kind of easy, and you know, just making easy shots and stuff like that. But that's so when it became like that, and I knew that that burden was going to be on me to be more of a scorer because we didn't have Nolan, we didn't have players like that. I was excited for that because I was ready for that. I've been, you know, working for that. So that's it. Kind of just happened for me. Mm. Got you, yeah. Cause your sophomore year, I mean, you you torched it. And you you are one of the first, one of the only three time All Mets, first team All Mets in uh, DC history. And um, I'm looking back at that that at that squad at that at the yeah. the actual All Met list, and it's shout it's out my heavy hitters on here. Ray Brew and uh, Jesse Sapp on there with me. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, they 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 were good. I mean, yeah, did Jesse ever playing with you at Georgetown? Um, yeah, and then and Mike Beasley Ravens. was on that list as a sophomore. I mean, I had an argument. Kate, was yeah, KD yeah, on yeah. No, no, KD was out here. No, KD what? KD didn't make um KD didn't Let's make all it. met until. Yeah, because he he was in um. I'm trying to think. He went to Oak Hill for one year, but his sophomore year he didn't. Because he's a year ahead of you, so that would have right, been his right, junior right. year. He was yeah, at Oak Hill Mike that year. Mike was on that team. Dante. Uche. Yeah, he was at Oak Hill that year. Right. Yep, Uche's on that list. Yeah. Mama D. Uh, Diani from uh, DeMath. Scotty Reynolds, Jr. 
Uh, Eric Hayes, yep. That was a tough team. It's funny, I was arguing with somebody. I was like, man, Mike Beasley didn't make it as a sophomore. Me and my boy no, was arguing, and I, and I lost the bet. I was like, damn, I forgot. I forgot that he was at Riverdale his sophomore year because I remember when he was at Oak Hill. That's, that's a part of, of my time when I was uh, I was away trying to peek in on what was going on back home. So I, I didn't right. get a chance to see a lot of these games myself. Um, so that's why. So your, your, your sophomore year, your junior year, you playing that now at this point you still playing uh, AU with yeah, I played with Salt for two years. My my uh, going into my freshman year and then my sophomore year. I mean yeah. And then going into my and then you switched and over my final season. And... Whatever my final two years of AU, I played with Boo mm-hmm. Williams. What made you decide to play with Boo? At the time for me. Um, you know, just the way things were playing out. It just felt like the right opportunity for me. I never really tried to position myself. I never was a guy to try to position how it was on the court or anything. Because I'm actually if to be honest, I graduated high school at 17. I started I was in college at 17. Most guys 18, mm-hmm. 19 when they start. Nowadays, nowadays, uh, which is crazy in context is, you know, I remember you being young and sometimes you yeah. were playing your, your age early on. Um but I look at your age. Age is a yeah. big deal for me. Cause I'm I'm my right. birthday's in September and I skipped a grade. So you and I like having birthdays after September and most right. of those guys were in their right grade. Like they didn't back right. then it was like January first was the cutoff. Now it's August first. So I see a lot of right. kids and I'm like, okay, he's good. How old is he? And it's funny, man, if you were born, you know. If you were born now, you know, in the last – you were in high school now, you probably would have been – at 17, you would – Might have been a junior. Okay, so, yeah, so with, with – um, if you were – if you were born now, you would be probably a 17-year-old 10th grader. Right. Like, oh, you, yeah, would've, you would have – you would have been – Yeah, like, like – yeah, because the way that – I'm sorry. It depends. So, what happens is you were 17 years old as a – as a 12th grader. Right. But nowadays, the way that a lot of basketball, and I think your parents probably wouldn't have held you back, like, for real, you know, like another year. But I've seen a lot of kids who turn 19 their senior year of high school, like, during the season. Yeah. And so you would have probably been 18 when you started the season. Yeah. So you would have been, like, class of 08. Right. In your era, you would have been, like, class of 08. And that's crazy to think about, especially with the success that you've had. Um, in your right grade, being the youngest person, I'm I'm pretty sure you you were the youngest person on the McDonald's All American team for your age for your year. More than likely, I mean, I, I didn't think about it because you know I wasn't I was never a skinny kid. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. never felt like I was at a disadvantage physically. I never felt like mm-hmm. that. I can I can see some people's situations where they may be physically young too, or. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, body just may not be mature, or w- for whatever reasons they may say, man. Everybody, you, you know, everybody got their own personal reasons. For me at that time, and that's when people really were starting to do that reclass thing, you know, regularly. That's at the beginning because mm-hmm. I remember people talking about it. And that was kind of at the beginning of it, and they was like, "Chris, you don't really need to do that." I was like, "Nah, I mean, I'm good." You know what I'm saying? I I don't feel like I need another year. I'm getting all the looks that I want. I'm you know, mm-hmm. I'm healthy. I'm like, I don't understand. You know, I wasn't getting injured. Everything was was going so I, I never even thought about it. If it was a situation where, you know, I would have got injured or something like that, maybe. Right. You know? But also I during think, that time they weren't letting high school kids go pro. Uh your your um yep, right after your 
your junior year was the first class that did not that was not allowed to go pro. Right. So you that had to go to class, like, yeah. you had to go like a year of college or something like that. You know, that mm-hmm. was when a new rule came in. So it was kind of if you think about my time in high school and also my time in college, um, was kind of a transition period for the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really look at how the game transitioned it, from everything from the from the style to the to the way you play to the way you dress, everything transitioned in that time period. Mm. That's true. I, I ain't think about it that way because I you're right. I mean. When I think about the first couple people that I knew that reclassified, it was around your age. Right. Um, where I heard of a kid, oh, no, he's going to be held back because of this. Like, I remember, um, like, Omar, so, for instance, like, Omar Israel right. was at, at St. John's in middle school. Right. Um, so was Dante. That's when Dante transferred. It blew my mind because he had been there for five years already. Yeah, he had been so there. So, I'm like, why are you transferring that? Yeah. He went there. He was there with me. He was there with me. Yeah. Because he was, he was an eighth grader when I was a freshman. Yeah. And so, um, but Omari, I remember Omari, his birthday is like, is, is, in, is in December. And somewhere along the lines, his parents decided to put him, put him back a grade because he was young for his grade. It wasn't basketball motivated, but that was the first time that I saw a basketball player be held back while they were playing basketball kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And then later on, it became a thing where people were transferring to schools um, that they knew that they would hold you back if you came after a certain time. And, hey. like, modern day started being popular for that. Hey, um, Omari Israel was a dog. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was a dog. Like, I don't know if people remember him or not, but he was a beast. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching him. You know what I'm saying? We were mad that he left. We I were know. like, what you – man, yeah. we, used to play, we used to play all day. Uh, he was eighth grade. I was in 10th. Used to be playing up uh, outside, and and I think when OJ came into high school, that he he knew Omar was there, and then he ended up going to the council. Right. He was like, "Hey, what happened?" Right. Um, you know who else went to St. John's Middle School? Uh, Drew Hall. Well, I mean, you know, I went to school with his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Drew, kid so, yeah. so I, I did. I, when I Drew, think I did know that. Drew Hall went to, and then he left. Was like and one was of my like, favorite man, players like, growing up, man. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew, and Drew and Tony were nice in Montrose Christian. Yeah. Very so nice like in Montrose Christian. I like McNamara Tony though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was different. Yeah. He was different. I mean, he got he got Tony got. You could tell the, the weight training program in Montrose. Yeah, Montrose he got much stronger. Different thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he became more of a uh, of a system guy. At Montrose yeah, that's too. What I like they were all like, yeah. yeah you're right. Tony had more freedom yeah, in McNamara. McNamara Tony was a little different. <laughs> You're right. You're right about yeah. that. You're right about that. When um, so when you when you had so you playing with Boo, uh, who was on your team with Boo? With Boo um, I had so I came off the bench and um, uh-huh. I had Eric Hayes, Scotty Reynolds, um, uh, Stephon Welsh. He's from Norfolk, Virginia, Hampton, Virginia area. Then I had Duke Cruz, who ended mm-hmm. up going to Tennessee. Um, then I had Vernon Macklin. Who was our center? Mm-hmm. And then off the bench, it was me, uh, Gravis Vasquez, uh, mm-hmm. this kid Lewis Witcher, who was supposed to go to Virginia Tech. We had uh, Jamel McLean, who played at Xavier, playing overseas now, but you know, having mm-hmm. a, a hell of a career overseas. Um, we had uh, we had a couple. We had a loaded squad, man. We had a, the squad was ridiculous. And um, my first year, we won everything. We won Peace Jam. We, we ran through everything with that team. We had a mob, man. That was a crazy team. That was a crazy. 
How was it? What, what was it like towards the end of your your high school career playing WCAC? What were the, what were what were your uh your biggest games? What do you say like the 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 games that stood out to you? The games that stood out to me always the the Mantha games. You know, um, you know it was always it was always a battle. See, see the thing about my teams, we had we had we we had uh, high school kids. You understand? <laughs> Like right. like high school students, you understand? Like real students, not just amazing athletes. I'm not saying that these kids aren't real students at these other schools, but I'm just saying they're amazing athletes. You know what I'm saying? We didn't right, have right, amazing right. athletes in basketball. We had one or two of them, but then we had guys that were like a basketball player, a football player. He plays baseball. He plays soccer. He, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. everything. So when you add that up, to 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 understand what we did when we became number one in the area at one point, we were a really good mm-hmm. team with a with a with not too much to be working with. <laughs> we'll get two kids right, that play right. at the next level. Me and the, uh, Vlad Motivano. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, the math was night. Look, Nigel. So Nigel grew up um, uptown too. He went to Tacoma. Um, and his brother went to Paul. Earl Earl went to Paul. Um, he was right. When I when I left to go to St. John's in ninth grade, Errol came in at seventh. Um, so I've seen Nigel play since he was like seventh grade up at uh, the park. There's a park over in Blair Road, right where Blair Road meets Georgia Avenue. Okay. It's technically on the Silver Spring side. So when I found out Nigel was going to Dematha, I was I was I was happy, but I was also surprised because of how Nigel used to play when he was younger. Like all the and one tricks you could think of. You know who Nigel remind me of? Lil Muhammad, Muhammad Hill. Oh, he, I don't know if you ever yeah. seen. How, 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 yeah, I know. Muhammad used to do all the Mo tricks. Mo was on he, the to this Mo day. was on the mix. Mo, yeah, Mo, Mo. Shout out to my man yeah, Mo, uh, Mo in the museum shop. They, they, uh, man, Muhammad is still one of his, to this day one of the best ball handlers I've ever seen come out of DC. No question, him and and, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 um, and so Nigel played like that. So I was just surprised. I was like. One, I was a little surprised, like, a lot of city kids, like, him going to Tacoma, I don't even know how he was doing in school as far as, like, the people, you know, know about him playing on the team or playing from AAU, but I was, like, I was so proud of him because he was always nice. Like, Nigel was probably, I think I had him, like, number one, seventh or eighth grader in his class, and he ended up being, if if not number one, number two in the area when he graduated in 06. Outside, thinking about all the years, like, KD was obviously number one. But Nigel was in D.C. the whole time. I guess he did end up like number two, number three you Nigel, in the you area by something. Nigel over Ty Lawson for this area. Um, Ty was. I know he went to Oak Hill, but I'm just saying. Ty so so at that at that age, so, so no, no, so at that, so by the time they were in high school, I wasn't ranking kids in the area. Okay, right, 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 right. So so Nigel when he was in middle right. school. I, I, Nigel and Ty were like neck and neck, but also remember Taiwan also reclassed. Right, he reclassed also. So Nigel was always in his right grade, at least from the time I met him to late. Like he was always that was his he that was his right grade. So ahead of me, I never knew how old he was. I knew Nigel was yeah. Tough. He was he was real yeah. Tough. Yeah, Nigel Nigel was was really nice, and so Ty, I think um. I'm trying to think back on it, but yeah, Ty and Nigel were always like neck and neck. And Kevin, at the time when Kevin was in middle school, I knew about him. He played with um, he played with the twins. He played with uh, was, yeah, 
Yeah, and even and I know he played Jaguars, for Jaguars for a little bit too. Yeah, PJ Jaguars. Yeah, PJ Jaguars. And so, uh, Kevin Kevin was good, but Kevin started growing a lot more, and he became a different prospect because he used to play like the five a lot of times. But he was you could tell he had guard skills, but he was he was still kind of like six one, six two, maybe in seventh grade. So he was relatively tall. Um, but I didn't I didn't really. So here's the thing: I didn't focus on middle school at all. Because nah, I, you was going to high school. I'm seeing I, it. I remember because that's yeah. my era. KD, yeah. you know, that's my era. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we were my era. Most of the guys were playing that knew about it, and a lot, and a lot of people knew about it because that was right before the media really started breaking. That was back in, you know, MySpace and Black Blue Planet or whatever the joint was called. Black, Black Planet, Planet yeah. whatever it was called back then. That was that time. So it wasn't really media about strict basketball, except unless it was the websites that you had to, you know, what I'm saying, pay for. It. Those little uh, right. uh, um, boards or whatever they call them, you know right, those? right, right. Yeah, so, like yeah. hoop scoop and yeah. um, yeah. And Bob, Bob, yeah, Bob Gibbons and, and that. Yeah, you know, then obviously rivals and all that. Um, but yeah, so it was we were we were looking at that. We were waiting up like we know you didn't rank us because we would have been talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I didn't want to rank. You know, it was funny is what I used to do is I used to I used to do the. Uh, like a top, like a top twenty with no right. numbers, but that would be like just just to throw so some to names watch, out there because yeah, yeah, people to watch because the thing was I knew early right. on that one that doesn't mean as much like it's just a snapshot, but I did not factor in that it would mean as much if I would have done that the same way like I saw a little bit, but I didn't know it go this crazy to now you got third graders being ranked. In the country, you didn't see that, and I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't see that coming like that. I, I saw. I saw that. Um, but you did though. But you did my though, mind, because you did it. You just. You just focused. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Like you just I, focused on your on your bracket. That's all. Right, right. I was I was focused on the fact that I knew that middle school was way to say uh, one. I wasn't. I was aware of kids in middle school because high school kids would tell me, coach would tell me, so I was like, okay, this kid's good, whoop de whoop. But I didn't want to like rank them because it was un- it, to me it was unfair. You, you, you're growing so much at that age that you just want to, you know, shout out certain kids. Okay, he's doing really well. He's doing, you know, at this age, but not really put a number to it. I just did not factor that now. You got people that are advocating to be ranked fifth, you know, number one in the country in fifth grade. Or, or fourth grade, they're having whole YouTube campaigns to be ranked at that age. I didn't know it would be that bad, but I did kind of see that it would be bad a little bit to give kids that much attention that early. Just nowadays, I just never saw a balloon into where it is now. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it was, it was one of those bubbles that just, you know, <laughs> it's still growing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, y'all in the air, like, right know, after it, you. It just hasn't popped yet, you know? Right at right after your um, like you mentioned, Kendall. Kendall was the shoot when Chad. Chad is is your both Chad, Chad and Kendall. They the year after me. Okay, so when, maybe when Chad years, and Kendall maybe two, years, like two, I think I think initially, I think Chad was a year behind right. you. Yeah, Chad was. Two and years. Kendall was right. two years, and that and then Kendall reclassified. Because right. I always tell people like Kendall. Um, and, and even Markel, and I know Markel, the whole reason why he, um, he reclassified also, but they all were on, y'all were on a, Markel was on your team, but then y'all graduated 
three years apart from right. high school. Um, and then and Markel played up uh, and, and things and that nature. Yeah, I think that's crazy. As you said, I never even thought about that. That's yeah, crazy. Kendall, I remember when you. Yeah, yeah, but but it was also because you played your age, and then Ken Markel played up, so y'all were two years apart, but on the same team. And then um, when middle school, Markel and Kendall both um, reclassified. But um, I remember when Kendall and Chad were like number one yeah. in the country. Me too. <laughs> and um, I yeah, that. yeah, and then, like and it was then yesterday. And, I remember yeah, when it was, Kendall Marshall had right. a newspaper article with with all his all his uh, sneakers in the joint because you know Kendall used to have all the J's. Mm-hmm. He had all the J's. His mm. pops used to have them lace. I remember that and flavors. Everything, and it was in the newspaper. Number one point guard. I remember that. That was way back. Yeah, yeah. And then they end up. Kendall actually, if you think about history of like number one players, he's one of the only ones to remain kind of top twenty five throughout his high school career. You know, from the time he was ranked um, in middle school to moving all the way up, he he pretty much maintained that, yeah, he that was, status. He was dominant. Um, he was dumb. Yeah, Kendall yeah. was amazing. He definitely man. was. Kendall, he was crafty. He was, he was, and you know, me and my pops and my brother talked about this. He was like Earl Risby. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, ah. Uh, he was man, like Earl. Hey, look, me and Fred, me and Fred just talked about yeah. this verbatim. Verbatim said that um, but he was Earl, Earl Risby for bigger. one. Yeah. He was bigger. He was bigger and um, and he had more Exactly. More support. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hey, that's funny, yep. man. That's funny. I was talking. Me he and had, he had more was support. About he was like, "That's what it was. It was Earl with a whole team around him." You yep. know what I'm saying? Can you imagine mm-hmm. what Earl would have been like? He would have been a top ten pick. Man, man, me, me, and um, me, me, me and Fred talked about this. Alluded, uh, <laughs> and and um, I talked about this probably Shout off Fred, the podcast. Man. I played but against Freddie too. As, he was yeah, tough. Yeah. Yes. Man, when um when when Earl was a freshman yeah. at Gonzaga, we his very first game was at the yep. Gonzaga Classic. Yeah. Yep. And um and I was I was there. I was sitting next yeah. to Curtis Malone, and we counted nine assists in the first half, but they only credited him for seven in the game. Yeah. We were like, "Nah, y'all messed this up." And it was like the best I've ever seen a freshman point guard play as of just a easy. sheer point guard. And it was easy. Like he didn't score. He didn't score. It I was don't even easy. Know if he broke a sweat. It was he even looked like. His face changed. Exactly. That's it. Was just like you know, like riding a bike. Okay, let me do it like this real quick. Hold on. Let me operate. You exactly. move over here. Here you go. You know that's how, <laughs> that's how I used to look with Earl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything was smooth, and then when Toe, with his brother, when Eric Price came the year after, they were so different in the way they played, but they both had a similar hey, impact on the game. Them brothers, if you two brothers, that's what me and my brother be talking. Imagine having to play them two on two. And yeah. Because they like the total opposite of each other, at the at the premium. They are, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They were tough. Toe was pick you up full court. You know what I'm saying. Everything yep. like that. He was he was kind of like my man. Um, dang, I can't remember Cliff Hawkins. He in a sense that he'll play defense like yep. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great. Dang, I didn't think about that. that's a great comparison. Cliff, Cliff was, was a little stronger, stronger but but, but the same the thing. Style. Yeah, and how they get low and big yep. and wide on this, and it turns the stands of their uh their defense and really active. You know, both of them had that same style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 toe was uh, 
I mean, Toka scored like crazy, but he he did. He played. They were they were the. If you put them together, yeah. they were the perfect point yeah, guard. For sure. You had the offensive yeah. side with Earl. Pretty much everything you needed to do as far as the IQ is concerned, passing. Um, he would uh, Earl used to damn post you up once he once he got to the three point line. Like he knew how to Earl do that in like, high school. He was like Jamal like, Tinsley. You know what I'm saying? He, that's how yep. the game was. He kind of had that type game. And then yeah, that's how Earl played. And then, like, you know, like a Nigel Munson, like a Nigel Munson to me was like a Mark Jackson with a jump shot. Mm. That's how I saw a Nigel game. Yeah. Not, 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 yeah. Because Nigel Mark was, Jackson was, was, was smooth. Handle. You know, I'm not just talking about the, uh, right. the Indiana back you down. I'm talking about the New York Mark, you know, that Mark. St. John's Mark. Mm-hmm. He was real flair with his game. That's how Nigel played. But Nigel can shoot it better than him. Right. Right, and right. He had he a had better, better form. form. Mark Jackson form was was yeah. was a little off, but he he would make him. Yeah, you're like right about them. that. So 100%. The, you know, that's how I kind of compare the guards in this area. That's how they look. Yeah. Mm. So when you when you were going into your you you initially had committed to NC State yep. in 11th grade. Yeah. What uh what made you commit to NC State at the time? Uh. A few things, a few different factors. One being that Tony Bethel was there. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I told you, I remember seeing that Tony Bethel McNamara, and that was what, you know, when I saw him leave Georgetown and went there, I was intrigued. And then they were heavily recruiting. Also, mm-hmm. Levi was there, Watkins, another guy from the area that was a Muslim mm-hmm. guy. Um, um, and then I, I liked I liked the way, what's the name? My, uh, Julius Hodge used to play. I was a big fan of Julius Hodge. Mm. You know, Julius Hodge used to boogie over there on that wing in ACC. You remember that? Yeah. He used to get down over there. Yes. He used to he used to be like, you know who Julius Hodge reminds me of now, yeah, Lance. Yeah, but he, he but he even the exact seemed like, you same know what? He was but I'm talking more about aggressive than Lance though offensively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 but but as the far style, as like yeah, the motor, the, people, the energy. Yeah, yeah, the way the energy yeah. all in your face like talking trap but like in your face and, and Julius didn't care oh, if you no, busted right him either. Back. You could drop thirty on him, and he's still gonna yeah. be right back in your face, right. like you ain't nothing. And I, that that right. that energy, right? Yeah, Julius Hodge was Julius Hodge was was yeah. You'd hate to play. You, he's one of them guys that you hate to you hate to play against, but you Couldn't love really him shoot, on your team. But he'll make it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of them dudes that look yep. like they shooting a long like finger roll type jumper. <laughs> and right. Just go in. Right. Right. <laughs> but it was cash. So what? So when you 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 committed to NC State in eleventh grade, what made you decide to open things up? So and, and I, look I, at other I really had a strong relationship with Archie Miller, uh, who's now the head coach of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really strong relationship mm-hmm. with him. I had a really strong relationship with Herb Sendek. And at that time, the the Wolfpack, you know, faithful and the fan base really were giving Sendek a hard time. And that's a tough job to have as a college basketball coach. Um, being at NC State in Tobacco Road, you got Wake Forest, Duke, and UNC. You know what I'm saying? All that, all that success that's going mm-hmm. on over there, and you kind of part of that triangle. Mm-hmm. You not kind of, you are part of that. You ain't winning. You know the fan base can really start to really weigh on you heavily. So um, it just ended up that you know they had to part ways, and so when they parted ways with that situation, um, he rescinded his commitment. You know, I mean, I rescinded my commitment, and I don't, I don't you know, the Wolfpack faithful, okay. they, they great fans. It's just that's just part of the game. You got to, you know, it was unfortunate that it happened. I don't think anybody thinks Sinek's a bad guy. It's just that, shoot, you got to win in Carolina, you know, and um, right, 
You and that's just how it went. So once that happened, I I, I backed out of my commitment and I opened up again. And what made you decide on Georgetown? What, what were your, what, at the second time around, what were your NC top State, schools? Um, mm-hmm. Wake Forest, Georgetown, mm-hmm. and Villanova. And what made you decide on, on, on Georgetown? A lot of different factors, man. At the time, it was just – what made me decide on Georgetown was the fact that it was home. It was uh, it was mm-hmm. a chance that we can play in the Final Four the following year. Um, I was an All American. Um, I was going to be playing with another fellow All American that's been kicking my ass in the WCAC for the last for the last <laughs> year. You know what I'm saying? So it was a lot of uh-huh. things that play, and that in my senior year is a year that Georgetown went to the Final Four. You know, so we yep. we. We coming into that, and only piece is you know Jeff was went to the league because he he had to go, and Roy could have went right, too, right. but he decided to stay, and uh, Roy decided to stay, mm-hmm. and you add us into that element. I mean, why couldn't we get back to another Final Four or win it? You know, um, with just the style that we you know with the the athletes and the talent that we had on that team, you know, and um, so that that was what ultimately led to that choice, you know. That's what we led to, and it was just—I can stay home, man. I can stay home and play in front of the, the fam, and you know, just everybody at the crib. What? Right, like, right. Sign me up. I'm with that. You know what I'm saying? Now nah, that's real. I mean, I wish a lot, a lot of kids. It's funny, you know. Man, we Georgetown and Maryland haven't locked down. And you know, and I, and I take the blame. Like for, they I have time. Take the blame for that because the way I'm saying, I wish these youngest could feel too. But I had to do it better to make them feel like that. You know what I'm saying? We got to do it better mm. as the guys in front of them to make them feel like, dang, yeah, we don't need to leave the city. We can stay right here and just, you know, put on, and it would be crazy. Imagine if we imagine if everybody stay home. It wouldn't even make sense. Man, it oh even my make gosh. Sense. It would just be Maryland, Georgetown, yeah, which one you want? One or yeah. two. All right, cool. <laughs> you know. Now, yeah, you you're right. I wish, I wish, I mean, and this is the thing that the 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 overall perspective though is that like for a lot of kids, people think Georgetown is too difficult academically. That's like the do you feel like was it was it really difficult balancing academics and athletics? Yeah, it's difficult, but I mean, come on, man. It ain't that difficult. You can do it, man. <laughs> you can do it. You got to learn how to, you know, at school, school, college to me is learning how to figure out the best way to manage your situation. And and time mm-hmm. management is very important in college. You know what I'm saying? As a, as a college athlete, your time is very important because you're doing a lot. You got a lot of, you know, you have a lot of mandatory things that you have to do in college because you're an athlete. You got to be here at this time. You got to do this. You got to study hall. You got, you know, you got certain things you have to do. So school wasn't really that difficult. It's just how you put it into focus, you know? And if you put it into focus the right way, it's really not that difficult. It's just that you just not focused on it. Because if you focus on it, it's not any language that, you know, you can't understand, you know? It's just that you don't want to read these 60 pages mm-hmm. tonight, you know? That's that's what makes it difficult. Wow. You know, and then if, you know, so that's, that was, for me, it wasn't that it was difficult. It was just understanding that you have to manage your time to make it, easier and flow easier for you in, in terms of school, you know. And that's tough for a kid that's you just leave your house and then you get, you know, <laughs> you're on your own now. So it, it, 
it's not easy. Right, right. So that's why school can be tough, you know. But it's not because you, you're not smart enough, you're not capable enough to do the work. That's not what it's about. Yeah, I just wonder, like, in the in the pitch, you know, when we grew up, Georgetown was – it had its waves, right? Like, the era of Georgetown you came up in was a different era on the JT3, but it, it made everybody that was fans of the JT2, you know, Big John – it merged those those fan bases. Georgetown is my first love of in sports. Period. Georgetown basketball, like more before the Redskins, before um, the Caps, Wizards, all that. I was a fan of of Georgetown basketball first, and I wondered. I really want us to 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 get all the best players. Like your class, and I'm gonna talk about that uh, in depth. Your your class. Um, and your recruiting class, in particular, the Georgetown was like, yes, this the this the. It, it, I mean, I can't that think of another time. Yeah, I can't think of another time That's what where I'm trying to tell you. we were trying. What you feeling for yeah. for Georgetown and what we felt for Georgetown, what I still feel for Georgetown because I'm still, you know, I'm a Hoya, um, is that right? We want that. We want these other kids to feel. That. I feel you. I'm with you. <laughs> And that was our mindset at that time. Like, dog, we, look, look, bro. Mm-hmm. He called him like, yo, we need to do this. We do this, boom, boom, whoop de woo, and we out of there. You know, that type of situation. You know, and everybody's gonna see it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're gonna do. You know, and so that was something that was important to us. Um, you know, but you know, things didn't work out that way. <laughs> I so let me go back to so high school, your last First off, who was the best player you played against in high school? While, while, like in high, like at St. John's, best player. Um, Mm -hmm. St. John's best player I played. Austin Freeman. Austin Freeman. Okay. And who was who was? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, those those battles, like you said, it was. I remember your senior year, and I was like, man, they're gonna give it to Austin All Men Player of the Year because he won. But no, nah, I mean, see, see, the thing is, like, you know, I can sit here and say, you know, like a, a Gerald Green or a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some other amazing McDonald's All American type player and all that stuff. But see, I saw Austin several times a year, every year, and I saw him in in summertime right. every year. I saw him every year in my life. So, you know what I'm saying? So he was constantly, you know, the top guy. That she was one of the top guys mm-hmm. that constantly winning. So for me to say this guy over here was the toughest player, that that I don't even think that even makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Even if he have a spectacular game, because mm-hmm. I competed against this guy so many times and he was always such a you know, it was like a standard, you know, playing against him, playing against him, playing against Todd, playing against guys like that. You all right, let's see where you at type situation. Mm. What about in AAU? AAU? Um, Who's the best player you played? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I don't know, man. Kevin Love was tough. And Co- yeah. Kevin Love was mm. tough. Sharon Collins was tough. Um, Sharon Collins was incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people yeah. really understand how just, nice he was. I just watched a, uh, a YouTube video of um, Sharon Collins versus yeah. Patrick Beverly Yeah, in high school. Uh, they played right. in the same division, similar situation. Um, uh, Beverly was at Marshall, right. and uh, Sharon right. Collins was at Crane. Yep, and they they were battling and um, similar rivalry. Like, and you were Austin. 
Didn't Austin? Didn't y'all go to uh, same middle school at one point? So now we were. Uh, so we or, were supposed to go to the same middle school at one point, but then they changed the boundaries because that's mm-hmm. when Flowers uh, was open as a as a mm-hmm. middle school. So based off where he lived at, he went to Flowers, and I went to Benjamin Tasker. But so so Flowers was it was it Flowers or Just? I mean Just. Yeah, sorry, Ernest Just. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. Is, okay. Yeah. Just okay. The middle school. Ernest Just. Bad. Okay. Um, I always tell people that um, if kids had to go to their neighborhood high school, Bowie High would be the best. Bowie, Flowers, Bowie, Flowers, Largo, and um, hold on. But you think you think Roosevelt School Zone would have made them that good? Because or you the can, fact you that like, count a lot of people, people would have gone. Bowie. A lot of Bowie is is Roosevelt. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that have been Nolan Smith. You know, you know, or wherever you want to count, you know, all these players count. Right. So, Bowie, Austin, because you would have gone, you would have gone. Austin Freeman would have gone to Flowers then at that point, right? Because if he'd have gone to Ernest, he just he would have gone to Flowers. But you would have gone to you would have gone to Bowie Bowie. Roosevelt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when you look at like when you when you die, they'd always say like. Yeah, Bowie, Flowers, Largo, and Wise. Those four schools would be the WCAC if everybody had to go to the neighborhood school. Those four schools would be top ten, top top yeah. fifteen. And then you know, week. another conversation was talked about um, online was just saying how you know somebody said that that they came to the public school and they they scored sixty as where because the public school was was a lot right. more lighter competition than the, than the private schools and all that stuff. I, listen, man. Everybody, we can argue that night and day about the level of whatever. You know that it doesn't really make a difference. You know, so <laughs> that don't make a difference. These guys, if he, if the kid, if the kid was good in this league, he gonna be good in that league. It's not like it's gonna be that much of a. We all played against each other somewhere down the line. You know what I'm saying? So that right. gonna be good in each league. At the time, there were there were power shifts. You know. One time the public school era was was right. a better and more talented era. Then at another shift, there was the private schools with a better and more talented era. So, I mean, we weren't the first mm-hmm. people to go to private schools. You know, Joe Forte, Keith Bogans, all them went to private schools, right. and you know, so forth. So, just at the time, the, the 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 public school wasn't the best situation. Maybe for me, you know, maybe for Austin Freeman, maybe for right. whatever. It just wasn't the best situation. I got you. Well, that makes sense. What um? So what what was it like being selected to the McDonald's on the uh, Man, it just you know that that stuff is it was kind of surreal. It just didn't make sense. It was surreal. You know, you just put in the work. You just put in the work. That's one thing I always did. You know, what I'm saying I think that's why when you know when you talked to my my brother before is because he knew that like I I didn't I I really put in the work. You know, I I really was in the gym all the time. I really. Like I really was a gym you know what I'm saying? I really worked on my game all the time, and I just got sharper and sharper and sharper and sharper and sharper, to the point where I ain't—I really didn't have bounce. I made myself dunk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Started, you know that type. That's how right, good right. I got as a as a young as a guy as a kid. I just started dunking, and I just started in my mind like, all right, I'm gonna just turn it over in the game. And the first time I dunked in high school, I dunked on somebody just because I said, all right, I'm gonna do it. You know that type. That was. That's how much I was into the game. That's how much I was always locked in, you know. So, um, yeah, that's how it was. 
And y'all, so one thing that I always credit y'all, class of 07, especially my two favorite classes in D.C., I think the two best classes in D.C., D.C. area are 99 yeah, 99 was crazy, man. They had a wild class. It's crazy to even just be talked about with that class, but our class was special, too. Y'all had the most... I had the most kids from this area make the McDonald's on American team in one year. I'm trying I, I'm saying that unofficially, I think that's official because the state of Maryland has five. Right? And, you know, you, right. Austin, Nolan, Mike Beasley, right. and then Dante Green. And although Dante, you know, from Baltimore, just from the state of Maryland, that, y'all had five that, and then the DC area. <laughs> yep. The DC yeah, the most ever from this area in one in one class. So what the ninety nine you know, um, have? What they had? It's so always right. DJ, they had Demar Johnson, Keith Bogans, Joe Forte, Servalian Brown, Ooh. Derek Payne. He was that cool. Um, he was coolest, right? Brian Chase. Yeah, bro. but no, no, no. I'm Derek saying Payne how many. I'm saying Brian how many Chase McDonald's did they have? They had three. Oh, oh, how many did they make? Okay. Three, three. Yeah, we had three. five. Mm-hmm. They just beat you. Yeah, y'all oh, beat them by one. Y'all had no. I'm so, so in total, yeah, yeah, from the area. So I'm trying to think. I don't think anybody from Baltimore, nobody from Baltimore made it in '99. And so even it was in, just those and, three. And, and 07 was Malcolm Delaney. Those... Malcolm Delaney didn't make it, and he was tough. Malcolm Delaney was oh, tough. Yeah. I don't know why people be acting like Malcolm A from Baltimore and is one of the toughest dudes around. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But yeah, he's. I don't know. He's tough. He been tough, and he always was. Mm. So when you so you get to Georgetown, y'all got the mob. I remember one of your first games against Memphis. That was a tough game. I remember specifically because with John with JT 3s offense, it's pretty much like the pace, like it's the same similar pace. And when they when they had uh, Chris Douglas Roberts and Derrick Rose, they were coming down. And they were like, you know, fast breaking, higher, higher pace, and y'all kept going back to that same like slow tempo game. And then you came in and was like, "I gotta try and get some buckets." You was like, "I try to go to the basket, try and make make something happen." But that's like one thing about I used to look at Georgetown stats for 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 years, and one thing that always stood out to me was you all's opponents right. you, opponents field goal percentage. Like you all, from a statistical perspective, the like the way y'all tempo was. Yeah, you, you because you you all just always manage the game. What was your what was your experience like at Georgetown, man? Like how how um I'm playing in the Big East, um back shoot the, the the tail end of the Big East. We know you know it's 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 not what it is anymore. Uh, what was it like playing at Georgetown once you uh, got there? Man, got everything it was settled, a battle, man. Georgetown was like the Big East at that time was loaded. You know, at that time that was like the peak of Big East. Um, we're in like eight teams, nine teams in the Big East going to the dance every year, you know. Um, so if you went mm-hmm. one or two games in, in the in the tournament, you're gonna probably end up playing somebody from the conference, you know. In the next round, you know. So that's how right. it was. that's how competitive the Big East was. Um, it was a great experience, you know. The the wins and the losses were great experiences too, like. Learned a lot in those losses. You know, I, it was a great experience, and I, I really enjoyed the amount of work that we put in every day, the amount of drills, and the amount of just time you put in the weight room, and just the the, the blood and the sweat, the everything, just the equity that you put into that. 
into that whole um, organization and family and, 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 you know, what it is that Georgetown was, it was, it was tough, but it was rewarding. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. What was what was the best the best best game? Your, know, your, 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 if you said your best that. game or your favorite game, not even say best, not even so much from like your your um like how you played, but like what what if is there? Give me some games. That One really of my stand best out games. I ain't, your I ain't even really score. My favorite games, you know what I'm saying, is when we won. We finally mm. won at Syracuse. The first time we won under my coach's era at Syracuse in his time. You know, mm. um, getting that win because I was kind of like, you know, that was like a dark cloud. It was why we can't win at the dome. We kept, we got to get a win mm. at the dome. That was one thing. A few places you got to win at. You got to win at the dome. You got to win over there, up there in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh, the zoo is tough to play in. And um, Louisville is tough to play in. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are three places that for mm. me, as a, like as a junior and senior, I measured our team as a barometer. If you can win in the dome, that means a lot. If you can win at Pittsburgh, that means extremely <laughs> a lot, you know, and Louisville the same way. So it just, um, that's how I viewed it, you know. And, and so I can't really say, I don't know, one game. I don't know. That's that's a that's a big game though. That's something I know what you mean. That's your coach. But it was for us too. It was for us. That, that's it right there. So no, no, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And you hear so much about it, you like, yeah, you don't want to be the guy that's like it's like a football player. You know what I'm saying? That has the Alabama Auburn rivalry. He don't want to be the guy that's known in the rivalry that every time he played his rivalry that he lost. He got to get at least one or two wins in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's like that's how I felt. Like you right. can't just be losing to Syracuse every year, man. You know, <laughs> like that. That's how I feel. Even to this right. day, like Syracuse is 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 this great competition for us, and it's a great rivalry. No, that, that, you know that, that that makes all the sense in the world. What let me ask? What was your what was your your favorite team while you played at Georgetown? Which year was it? Like the team was the best as far as the gelling, you know, of 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 all your talents. Um, like what was the best? What was of those four years? Which was the best uh, team? man, we had so. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because every year okay. was, it was a different, it was a different aspect, and it was so much talent. Like in that, in those, in that gym, man, it was so much talent. Every it was so many guys that played pro ball, like Patrick Ewan, John. In my freshman year, it was John Wallace, Jesse Sapp. Dewan Summers, Roy Herbert, Austin Rivers, uh, myself, Tyler Croft. I mean Jer- oh, Jer- Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Rivers. Jeremiah Rivers. Yeah, the yeah. older brother. Um then we had Vernon Maglin was on that team. So the horses that we had, and then the next year it was when Roy leaves. Then you bring in Greg Moreau, you bring in Henry Sims, you bring in Jason Clark. So <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Then the next year, Markel comes in. Markel comes in with Hollis Thompson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always it's so many guys. We had so much talent. Julian Vaughn, you know, uh, Nate Loop. It was so much talent there to say mm-hmm. which was the best team. You can arguably say the first year, my freshman year was the best team. If we if 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 I stayed healthy and I was able to play the whole year because we won the Big East regular season that year. But then my sophomore year when when Moose Greg mm-hmm. uh, Moreau is a freshman, that was a great team. We just didn't get it right. We just didn't have our chemistry together, you know. 
Um, it's tough, mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. then the junior year we beat uh, Nolan and Nolan Smith and his Duke team that eventually wins the title in front of Obama. You know, in front, you know, what I'm saying in front of twenty five thousand. I remember that game at uh, Verizon Center. So, I remember that game. So, that was I mean, a big game. He was sitting right here. I remember I that game that, You know, that was crazy. The whole atmosphere mm-hmm. was crazy. That was one. Yeah, that was probably the craziest game. That was probably the first time Obama. That was the first time right. Obama went to a right. college basketball game, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And why he was there and mm-hmm. his connections was uh, he was a Duke fan because the guy, remember Reggie Love? Reggie Love. Yeah, Reggie Love. Was, Reggie Love. Was on his staff. Yep, yep. And play, I remember him at Duke, played with the Packers too. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So when, who was the best team you played against? Uh, best while team you I college? played against. Pittsburgh was always real tough. They were always very well coached. Um, they were physical. They were always good clubs. Um, was, Pittsburgh was a tough one, and that that Derrick Rose Memphis team. That Derrick Rose Memphis team, because you see the yeah, thing with them, team. why I give Calipari so much credit is because he played to their strengths extremely well. Like he literally had a weave offense where they just. Dribbling down, they like they started like half court and they really attacking, you know, going either to the right elbow or left elbow. And if they don't have none, then they just flip into the wing and they just keep on attacking until they have an ankle. And they were playing like that because they had so many athletes. They had Derrick Rose. If you get, I mean, how you gonna stay in front of him? Then you got um, Allen Anderson, mm-hmm. um, that was a wing. Then you got CDR. So they just had guys that were attacking <laughs> all game, and you can't really switch because they were right. all big too. You know, physical guard, you know, so it was, it was, that was a tough team, man. Then they got Joey Dorsey inside and Robert Dozier and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, so that, that freshman, that team was tough. That team was tough. No question. So when you, so you graduate, graduate from Georgetown, it was funny. You and I graduated, I graduated from grad school like the day before, the day oh, after yeah. your graduation from college, I was, I was, I was right, so right. Yeah, because you know I got my master's Georgetown. Well, you remember, yeah, when we were school. Um, but I was, I was, I was like, as much as you know, obviously, I want, I, I love watching you play. That meant a lot to me being able to see you walk the stage, like even in pictures and stuff. Like that's a great degree to have. You earned that. You earned everything you had while you was at Georgetown. So that was, that was, that was, I appreciate that. That man. was a great you know, moment That means me. a lot because um, you literally saw me from, you know, legit, you know, you saw me from, yeah. from little Chris all the way up. So you really saw me developing in multiple, you know, in every phase, you know, so that was, that was great. And especially when Markel got there, I was like, man, right. I got my, right. my boys on the same right. team. Right. That that made man. Shout out to Markel. Shout out to Markel. So 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 after you graduated, uh, you you began started to play overseas. Um, what 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 was your well, first see, first step? Crazy thing about my career is when I came out of college, uh, that was the NBA lockout. So there was ah. no uh, summer league. There was no training camp. There were no mini camps. Everything was draft and then shut down. And if you, my senior year of college, wow, going into the last ten games a year, I was playing great. I was playing incredible, and I broke and I broke my hand. I mm. broke my hand, and I missed like the last ten mm. games of the season, and we ended up losing to um, 
VCU in the tournament. So I, I missed them, you know, the latter half of my mm-hmm. senior year and then um, went to the draft and had a sinus real bad sickness or whatever. Just didn't – things didn't work out. Ended up not getting drafted. But after the draft day, mm-hmm. everything shut down. Everything. There's no communication with nothing. <laughs> yeah. That was my wow. first year. That was my I first didn't know that. year coming out as a professional. So I didn't get to do summer league. I never I never went through that process. You know what I'm saying? As a, I eventually did as my career went on, mm. but I never, you know, you come out, go to summer league, boom, try to go to training camp, boom, you get in the G League. If if things don't work out, stick around, maybe try to get a call up or something like that. That that what that route that people go through wasn't available to me when I came out. I ended up waiting on the So what did you end up doing? Jobs were real um, tough to come mm-hmm. by because everybody was competing for them because, nope, th- there was no NBA. So I ended up taking a job in Turkey. Right. Take, take a job in Edina, Turkey, my, okay. my rookie year. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I started. It was just a, a crazy, crazy experience. I'm coming out with a book, too, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Oh, that's I definitely need to read this. That let me know. Let me know how I can uh, help I'm support out that. With a book, you know, more. we we kind of in the early stages. We trying to figure it out, but um, it's more my professional career, not not as much as my my college or you know childhood, but my professional career where I've been in the cities and just okay. different aspects of that um, that lifestyle that I've been in. My when did you get your, your diagnosis? Yeah, I was in the gym. I was in Turkey. Mm. And um, I actually was shooting uh, before practice early. And I just noticed, you know, I lost sensation in my right hand, to make a long story short. Lost sensation in my right leg. Basically, it was just really numb. And I wasn't feeling. So I was touching my body. I wasn't able to feel. And I told the coach and I left. And uh, I mean, I told the coach, you know, I need to, you know, I need to chill out. Something's feeling funny or whatever. And so he was like, all right, so just go, you know, go home and mm-hmm. just relax. And later that day, it was starting to get painful. So I called the doctor, the team doctor, told him whatever. They told me, meet me at the hospital. I went into the hospital. I'm in pain and I'm aching and I'm still feeling like, you know, that foot, your foot falling asleep type of tingling sensation. I'm starting to feel like, like through my body, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's like weird, you know? So, mm. Um, and they sent me home. They told me nothing was wrong. They told me the first time they told me nothing was wrong. Wow. Um, so I'm like, how you gonna tell me nothing is wrong? I know something is wrong. I don't feel right. You know what you mean? <laughs> so I went home mm-hmm. and um, I came back the next day. Well, the next morning I woke up kind of forgetting about it. Cause I, you know, you just wake up. I went to stand up and uh, I just fell straight to the ground. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. You know, I had no feeling in my legs. I had no mm. control over anything in my legs. So that's when they sent me back to the doctor. And, you know, I had to call a friend to come help me and all this stuff. Went back to the doctor and the doctor, uh, the doctor still said he didn't know what was wrong with me. And then I'm fine and just give it some time. This is all a true story, man. And then so what happened was I, uh, mm. you know, I got a little... Got a little, you know, little crazy and crazy. Keep telling me I'm okay, and I'm coming in here this time in a wheelchair. So I kind of went off a little bit, you know, in the joint to just try to get some mm-hmm. attention in here because you keep telling me I'm okay, but I can't move. What are you talking about? You know, um, so they sent me to a specialist wow. in, you know, in another city, and that's when I was clinically diagnosed with a uh, 
Multiple sclerosis. How is it? And so, and since then, you've you've continued to play basketball. How is the how has it been with that? I mean, uh, first when you find out about that, know, like what's going through your head? I had no idea what it was, so I wasn't even thinking about it. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I wasn't thinking about it, but I. Mm. It just didn't seem real to me. It seemed like you know, it didn't seem real. At the more I, I read on the internet, the more I became condition that you know that I was in but I just um I wasn't really it was more in, in a state of shock I just didn't believe it you know I'm like what this don't even make sense I was just working out running two three four days ago mm-hmm. why why now all of a sudden everybody's saying my career is over I gotta do this something different do that you know I just was very confused um, um but I never thought in my mind that I was finished even though that was what was being said, I never thought that ever. I even even get that consideration. Mm-hmm. So, how's it been? How have you been thus far, health wise, with playing basketball? Have you had a lot of many complications, or has been it's been it's up been and down, process. or how's it it's been, been playing process, uh, since the diagnosis? There, a lot of figuring out on the fly, a lot of figuring out in game situations. Um. It's been something that's been uh, – because there's nobody before me, so I don't have a blueprint. You know what I'm saying? There's no layout for me on how to go about this, what to eat, what to, how right. much rest you need to get in terms of just, just certain things or how you – to make your body feel, you know, at its maximum potential when you want, when you need to perform. Um, so it's it's been a constant battle for me and trying to figure out diet-wise. It's, you know, it's been an obstacle, but it's been a good challenge because I, I love to play the game, so – you know, I'm making the sacrifices necessary to figure out what it was. But it's also been a great process. I've been blessed, man. I've been relatively healthy healthy and I've been able to play and um with without restrictions. Mm. No, that um and I sidebar, I had a a phone call that still this thing does not it doesn't seem like it's oh, that's why I got it. It's gotta be locked. What the phone? Yeah, I can't touch the phone, unlock it. I'll get a phone call. I didn't know that. So my mother called me. I'm going to um, start it back. So like the last couple bit, I hope it caught it. But on my end, it went deaf. Okay. So I'll see if it, if it, uh, but, um, um, you know, three, two, one. So you were saying is that, um, you say you've been having, you've had to have, You've had to have restrictions or no restrictions when it comes no, to. I, I haven't. I've been really lucky because I haven't had any restrictions, mm. and it hasn't been something that's you know, MS has never been really um, anything that stopped me from you know being on the court. I remember. So you you are credited as you're the first player to ever um, be on an NBA roster with a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Yep. I became the first player. It was weird, man, because when it happened was I be, I got the call up to play in the NBA. It happened during uh, National Multiple Sclerosis Multiple oh, Sclerosis Awareness Week. Oh wow! Yeah, it was wild, you know. So, um, you know, everything kind of lined up, and at that time, you know, that was that was a big goal for me, and I was able to accomplish that. Something. What else. was that experience like when you play? You you used to with the Mavericks, correct? Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. It gave me more. It gave me another energy to play. Cause honestly, for me, when I, you know, when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, I knew the battle to 
was going to be uphill because it was something new for me. It was something new and nobody had done. So when I finally made it to the NBA, I felt accomplished. You know, I felt extremely even if it was for ten days. Mm-hmm. So I felt extremely accomplished just by be, dealing with what I had dealt with. Um, but when I finally got there, man, it was great, and that gave me more energy to keep going. Just seeing how a guy like Dirk Nowitzki worked. Oh my God! You could just you like you know I know people see why he's so good, and you know and see how he makes his shots, but the work that he puts out, puts on, and constantly just and just works and and just the dedication he has, you see why he's so good. You know, it was something that motivated me seeing Vince Carter, Elton Brand, just the way they moved and just being around them and just being in the presence and seeing how these veterans, Sean Marion's carried himself and how they. Um, conduct their business was, was something that I, you know, that was really eye-opening for me. Mm. When So after the 10-day contract with Dallas, which, who'd you play with next? I went back to the G League. Okay, okay. Went back to the G League, yeah. And I and I played really well in the G League because I was in it. All I did was live in the gym because that's all I always wanted to do was play, you know, the NBA. So I just, when I finally got there, I was in the gym all day, all night in the gym. In the gym. It was connected to the arena, the main, the practice court was connected to the uh, the arena, like the mm-hmm. window. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you just had to have a five to get in there. So I was in there all the time, just working on my game. You know, so it was it was a great experience for me. I learned a lot. And you started playing. So after you you went from Turkey, then you played in the D in the, in the, the D League, got called yeah. up. And yeah. after you went back to the D League, and then when did you start playing in Italy? I went to France the following year, and then mm-hmm. I went to Italy the year after that. What was it like playing in both of those leagues? France was cool. France was was real cool, very competitive. I was, I was in a great city. I was in Lyon. The, mm-hmm. um, the club is owned by Tony Parker. Okay. Um, we had a great team. We had a great, you know, roster of guys. We had veteran guys. At the time, I was like 24 or 25, but we had guys, you know, that was like 32, 31, 33. Um, so we had that were key players. So we had a veteran group. Um, so that was a great experience. You know, that was the first time me and my wife, we had, li- you know, we were living abroad. That was the first time we moved uh, overseas together. So that was a great, it was, it was a lot of different things. So that was a great city to play in. Um, and then Italy was the next year. That was great. We were right on the, on the water in Pesaro. It was a great experience uh, right on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh like you wake up and like you make a right <laughs> at right at the block. The end of the block is the is the sea. It was crazy. You know, and, and just playing in Italy and being in Italy, eating Italian food and the wine and all that stuff. It was, you know, for the first for our first experience, we really enjoyed it. That's bad. You so you were did you play with the same team in Italy or you played um you, you I went to a different team every year in Italy. Ah. Yep. So which cities, which um, which which clubs, and which cities were you were you, uh, did you play for? So I went to Pesaro mm-hmm. uh, first, and then after that, I went to um, Varese, uh, which is like a suburb of Milan. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Reggio Emilia. Um, no, excuse me. I went to Pesaro, then Varese, then Torino. Torino mm-hmm. is Fiat is uh, Fiat country. That's where mm-hmm. Fiat is. And then Torino to Reggio Emilia, where Kobe Bryant is from. Mm-hmm. And then to Trieste, which is like northern, right next to Slovenia. Okay. 
How is it? How is the Italian league compared to other leagues in Europe? It's cool, man. It's it's, it's a lot. The fans are crazy, crazy passionate. They real. Every call is real dramatic on the play. You know, they they really get into it. You know, and uh, it makes it for a great atmosphere for a game and for tournaments. You know, for playoffs. Uh, and every team is 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 competitive. You're gonna have upsets. It's not one team that's winning the league every year. So mm. it's a competitive league. It's something that you know people really get into. Obviously, soccer, football is the number one probably sport in in, in Italy. But after yeah. that, I w- I would think basketball is pretty high on the list. Mm. And so you left. You left the, your last year playing in Italy because you're currently you the last team you played for, last country you played in was Poland. Yeah, so I did five years in, in Italy, and then this past season I played in uh, I played in Poland. Mm. And uh, how was how was that? How was that experience? I had my best year as a professional. Um, uh, statistically, I, I I really played well. I put in a lot of work. I shot the ball well this year. Um, the team we were winning, and it, it was it was things were coming together at the right time. So it was unfortunate, you know, we're in a crisis, and it's very unfortunate. As you know, at the time, it was, I was rolling <laughs> on the court. Uh-huh. I was pretty playing really well. I was we were playing in basketball Champions League, and I was you know I played well, man. I was leading three statistical categories and points and assists and, and I think uh, steals or something. I don't know, but I was playing really well. I was very efficient. Oh, points scored, points assists and efficiency. Or okay. minus or something like that. I was in the top ranked in the in the league, so I was playing well. I was playing really well. I was feeling well. Um, I was having a great year. This year was probably my best year. That's about now. You just you're just kind of waiting for for COVID to kind of you know clear out before you can kind of figure out what you're going to do next. Yeah, like everybody else, man. You know, it's obviously. It's it's um it's a good and a bad thing because I had a great year and so I gotta wait a long time to see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously it's bigger than that right now, and everybody's just trying to stay safe and healthy and um, you know, with their families and out of the way. Um, so yeah, I'm just sitting here and waiting and seeing, you know, trying to stay ready in the meantime. I mean, I should just went on when you're playing playing days whenever they happen, right. they're over. What you what you want to do next? I've always thought about coaching, you know. Um, one thing I think is very important that in some sort of fashion, wh- whatever level it is, that I, I do get into teaching the game because I think I have a mm-hmm. lot to, mm-hmm. to be a lot around a di- around a lot of different styles, um, experience a lot of different people and cultures, and that all of them, you know, have influenced my game up to this point. So mm-hmm. um, I think I have a lot to offer and a lot to teach. So. And the game has done so much for me, man. I've, I've been traveling the world. I, everything, my lifestyle has been provided through basketball. So it's only, I think, um, <laughs> makes sense for me to pay it back to the game and get these kids some some game and school them on how things really are out here and what you really need to be focused on. That's 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 real. That's a very real and and, and real and realistic. I mean, knowing knowing your dad, knowing you, knowing your brother, and how y'all know the game. I mean. You know, some people might want to do like the media side. Some people want to do other aspects of basketball. I do. I will, yeah, I, you yeah, know, IQ. And I'm interested in doing all that as well, too. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. God, but your IQ, 
You know, you know, like you mentioned when you just mentioned Cliff Hawkins, I was like, man, because you you studied. You know, you. Uh, one thing I always always love about like you and Markel is that y'all grew up going to games when you were in like elementary school, so you saw the best players in the area, and and really knew the game at an early age because you you got a chance to be around and see it, bro. I remember, and so you, bro. I remember going to Murray and seeing just the, just the way. Wayne Simpkins used to handle the rock with his left hand mm. and how smooth that was. And seeing Keith mm. Bogans playing in Forte, I remember seeing all those guys. Daryl Prude being in mm-hmm. the gym working out guys. You know, Monique. Oh, There's just so many people that were there um, that influenced it. it. And if you were into it like I was, and I was just, you know, I was locked in from an early age, it's, it's hard to not, you know, just be obsessed with it. <laughs> right, right. Now, I mean, nowadays I wonder – a lot because there's so many things, like you said, uh, your lifestyle is provided by basketball, but you say that humbly as opposed to what I see a lot of people now. I'm not everybody, of course, but a lot of kids, they want a a different lifestyle. Like they like you are a gym rat who became really good at a, at, at the thing that you love. Right. I think a lot of people want the the Z and not the A. Yeah. When they talk about the you know the process. And when I speak about me and my lifestyle and this is created, I say that respectfully. Because, right, right. Of course, of course. You know, I was and, and and I knew what you were and I I understand what you're saying, but I just wanted like because that's something that has to be understood. Like I respect what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm mm-hmm. putting in the time. So this is why it's presented. Not in the sense that you know I ain't I ain't out here just you know going crazy. <laughs> Right, right, no, but I mean, a lot of kids I see when when you think about, you know, I remember talking to one kid who was really good at basketball. He told me he didn't watch he didn't watch college or NBA basketball like that, and I'm like, what What do you mean? How do you pick up on like they weren't he wasn't obsessed? But with the you game. know what? It's you know what I've come to realize that some more things that I just learned. Like some of my the best teammates that played the best is when they was drunk all the night before, mm. wasn't really paying attention to the game. You know, I mean, wasn't really focused on what was what needed to be done when they fall asleep in film session. They played the best that night. Hmm. So it, when it, when you think about that, it's like, ah, what am I supposed to say? Right, right, right. Then it, it, it throws things for a loop. Right, you know, because that's how it is in pro sports. Because it's a lot of different factors in pro sports. You know, you know he may. No, you know, he might be out all night, but he might be ready for the game tonight and still have hit seven three. We might, you know, he might still do that. <laughs> right, right. That is definitely a different factor. So I'm a um uh, yeah, that's real. What's the um so let me ask you this? Going back to growing up here, how do you compare DC basketball to other places? It's at the top. It's at the top. I mean, it's at the top. There's other cities and other states that, you know, obviously um, are competing with us for if, if it is one. Um, I would say Carolina, North Carolina is up there. I would say Chicago's up there. Um, and just off of short, uh, just off of style and grit and just uh, and sheer force, Philly's there. You know? mm-hmm. um, New York, in a way, is is in a sense. You know, they don't have this, as many marquee guys, but they got a lot of pros. New York has a lot of pros. But New York mm-hmm. is so big. So when you think about us, and we're so small in terms of just, you know, size, I mean, we got to go right to the mm-hmm. top of the list, man. We got to. Because it's so yeah. much talent from here, man. It's so much. When people talk about, and they, and they do compare us, they be like, yeah, you know, 
Chicago, New York, even talk about LA. And I'm thinking to myself, like the time, the, the space that you're talking about, like if you're talking about just the city of Chicago, from O'Hare Airport to like the Indiana line, yeah. which is like that is the equivalent of probably DC to Baltimore. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We don't even claim Baltimore. I'm just Frank, when it comes to our basketball, and, and, and Baltimore's listen, their own thing. DC's yeah, their own and, thing. And all due respect to Baltimore, because y'all got some dogs. They got over hoopers. There, boy. Yeah. No, yeah. Ain't nobody hating on y'all because y'all got some hoopers over there. But yeah, it's two different things. But if we claim Baltimore, it's out of the water. It's, it, it, it's, yeah, it's not even close. It's not even close. Baltimore, which we should, well, if we talk about how we talking, you know, in terms of size. Um, we actually yeah. should, but we not, you know. And honestly, I heard yeah. to be honest, and I don't know if this is true or not, so don't quote me on this. But I heard um, mm-hmm. Derrick Rose is really from Garrett. That's what I heard. For real, I think no, nah, I think I think he's from he's from Chicago. He's from from what I what I've ever read. He's from Inglewood. Like he's from the neighborhood in Chicago. Okay, I heard he's from Garrett, um, Indiana. Oh, interesting. I mean, but look, that's the thing. Um, you're right. Like. Chicago's a different a different it's a metro area. Like Gary is like technically in the Chicago metro area. It's just like DC and Silver Spring. Like it just borders right, each other. Right, but right. um I know the way that they view it is more so like the Chicago suburbs, like it's in Illinois. Right. That would be surprising. But um I mean it's Chicago I give I give Chicago a lot of credit. Yeah, but they are Hoover, man. Yeah, but they're they're if you're talking about North Carolina too. Area versus yeah, yeah, but like once you get once again, you talking about a state, and you and I know you talking about you talking about like that Winston Salem, Raleigh. Yeah, I'm talking about like the Durham, like around type, it. you know that. Right, 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 type. and that region, yeah. that region is like large in comparison to right. our region. Right. If you if you if you just do D.C. and Maryland, I mean Virginia has hoopers too, but in just sheer like quantity, if I wanted to say, um, you know, if I had to take the best of our area. And just look at the geographic area we're talking about. You talk, we just said, we just mentioned that in your in your class from high school, five, four, you had four yeah. four McDonald's All Americans. Yeah. How far do y'all live from each other? Everybody probably within like fifteen minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You hear what I'm saying? Fifteen minutes drive. Yeah, everybody probably right in the same little fifteen. Minutes. Y'all all are off the Central <laughs> Avenue exit pretty right. much. Literally, like in between Central Avenue and Fifty. Right. All of y'all live. Central so Avenue, you saying like Watkins Park and all that. Exactly. So you comparing, you looking at us, and you're saying, oh, yeah, they got talent, but, like, L.A. has talent. And you're like, wait a second. Kawhi Lynn is from Riverside. Right. Russell Westbrook is from, what, Hawthorne? Yeah. You know how long of a drive Get that Marinas is? Get is from the Valley. Right, right. So you naming guys that are, like, from an hour away from each other. Right. If you give us an hour distance, that's Baltimore. That's that's past Baltimore. Yeah, that's Baltimore uh, for sure. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, because that's too much at so that point. Right. So that's that's so. And then I mean, it's funny because people don't realize like how DC and Maryland and the G and how small DC really is, and where when people say Maryland, like where we're talking about, like it's not it's not even the whole state. We just talking really the two the two um counties. That border us, that border DC, right? And really, you really more so talking PG than Mo County, right? Than Mo County, no, right? But I mean, Mo you know, County, Mo County has a few, but yeah, too, you know, yeah. But PG's just so oversaturated, right. oh, so oversaturated. Right. What? What? Now let me ask you this tough question. For um, if you had to pick a starting five, 
from 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 when you were in high school to to early, the people you saw in high school here, who would be your starting five? Ooh. Who would be my starting five? Mm-hmm. Mm. At the one, it's going to be Ty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> At the three and four, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Mike and Kevin. Okay. At the two, uh, at the five is Mike Sweetney. Mm-hmm. And at the two, um, at two's tough. Yeah, at two is a that's tough right there. Um. Mm. Uh. At the two, I'm going Austin Freeman. Mm. I'm going Austin Freeman. That's a tough squad. That's a real tough squad. Austin Freeman. Mike Sweeney might be the best player ever from this area. Area. Ooh. Mike Sweeney was a dog. And his team ain't lose. That Oxen Hill team, they well, ain't never lose for real. Oh, Oxen Hill was yeah. With Lamar Butler, that's when that's why. Man, it's funny we uh. I'm 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 gonna get Phil on here to talk about his experience too. Wow, cool, and um, we played together in the, uh, the TBT tournament a couple years ago. He, he, okay, Phil was tough. And um, and it's funny because Phil Graf, me and Phil are the same class in, in 01. And I always tell people that um, as many as many teams, many backcourses, everybody loves you know come from this area. My favorite is Phil and Lamar. Yeah, they were tough. They were tough. Hands down, Phil, Phil Goss and Lamar Butler, my favorite backcourt. Not because, and 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 it's not slight to them. It's not they are extremely talented, but it's not because like if you're thinking about just two guys that play together, mm-hmm. then I probably will go Keith and Joe. Right, right. Just because they played together and they even were immensely talented, right. But as far as a backcourt, if I want to say, hey, I want to have a backcourt be the 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 face, have the ball in their hands and play together, Phil and Lamar, they're they were so in tune with each other. I would put, I would I've never seen both of them have a bad game. I wish Nolan had a few more years. Mm, that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been – that definitely would have been uh, up there for sure. You know, um, yeah, that's it. I was saying, like, with Phil Lamar, it's just I've never seen – I've never seen or even heard of both of them having a bad game. Yeah, they, they, the were, same, they, same were, game. they were They were sharp. They were smart. They were tough. Um uh, they had handled. They were quick. They were. They were big time ballers, man. They were big time ballers, both of them. Yeah, I just seen them play up a high point. But man. yeah, I'm definitely high taking, point. Some of I'm definitely taking Ty Lawson, and neither if not if not Austin Freeman, I'm taking Scotty Reynolds. Mm. And then I got uh, Mike, KD, and uh, uh, Big Mike Sweeney. I'm glad you mentioned Scotty. Oftentimes. Doesn't get enough love because he he's from her. And off the bench, I got Deontay Twyman. <laughs> oh, Deontay was like that. <laughs> he was tough. That's what's up. That's definitely yeah. what's up. Well, shoot, we've been we've been we've been yeah. on here for a minute. I wanna um thank you immensely, man, for for taking the time out to talk to me. Thanks um, for having me. And man. Share your experience. Of course, man. I'm honored, man. I'm proud of you. I love you. Yeah. You know, um, tell the family I said um, much love to everybody on that side. Thank you. You know, we I always love and support what you're doing, and um, you know, we always support. You know, the right support. 
Of course, of course, man. Likewise, I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for for, for joining right. in. No Thank you, bro. All right, I bet.